0: In this episode, we'll be talking about five ways you can improve your confidence so that you perform your best on the hockey field. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lauren Penny, a former international hockey player turned performance coach with over 10 years experience helping hockey players to get selected for a higher level. This podcast is about inspiring hockey players of all ages to strive for the next level in their game. In the show, we'll be sharing tips to show you how to perform your best consistently and get noticed by creating long lasting confidence from the inside out. This is the Confident Hockey Player Podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode number two. As we discussed in the last episode, we spoke about what is a confident hockey player? And it's really important to be able to visualize what that looks like and make sure that you've taken action on the question that we asked you. What does confidence look like for you? What do you do when you're a confident hockey player? So as we discussed in that last episode, Confidence is an emotion which plays a big role in how we feel about ourselves and our ability. And it can affect the actions that we take and the way that we play. When we are confident, we can be unstoppable. But when we doubt ourselves, we tend to play it safe and hide away, being scared of making mistakes. It puts us on the back foot. Now it can be an ongoing battle with ourselves. As we start to reach higher levels, there become more challenges. For example, Getting selected for a higher team is just the first part. Being able to perform well consistently at that level and staying in that team is the second part. The mental game is an ongoing challenge to stay confident regardless of what's happening around us. As things can change, as we have learned during times of COVID, we need to be adaptable. We need to stay aware of what's happening and how that's affecting how we feel. It's important that we take the long-term approach and commit the time that we need to in order to work on our mental game so that we can build our confidence that is sustainable over a longer period of time rather than just trying to find quick fixes that don't last. We don't want the up and down confidence. We want confidence that is sustainable built from the inside out. Now, I've just recently finished up coaching a team in the Cape Town Premier League tournament I took on a team that had never won a game before, and most of their games, they lost more than 3-0 previously. I was told that they're a great bunch, um, but they had struggled previously, and they were coachable. So I felt like a new challenge, so I said yes, what's there to lose? Now, we only had two training sessions to prepare for the tournament where we would have five games. And after the first training session, I soon realized that confidence was going to be the biggest challenge for this team. Of course, I covered the foundational tactical components to give them a basic structure with very clear and simple game plan. But I knew that the main focus was going to be mindset going into the tournament because this was an underdog team that lacked confidence. Um, we actually ended up drawing three out of the five games that we played and competing against teams that we had previously lost 7-0 to, we landed up drawing to. We started well in the tournament by drawing those first two games. And these were both teams that they had lost quite badly to previously. We then lost 4-0 in one of the games. And although they said all the right things to me in the lead up in the team talk, I could see that their body language had said something else. And this was a real internal battle for a lot of the players. When we spoke about what had happened after the game and why they didn't play as well in this game, everyone pretty much agreed that they had lost the game before they had even walked onto the field. Because they were so focused on the opposition players, how good they were, what they had achieved, which means that they weren't focusing on themselves and they weren't focusing on the game plan, which had been working up until that point. In this example, they had lost focus on what was important, which directly affected their confidence because of what they were saying to themselves and what they were focusing on determined and impacted how they felt. The emotions then affected the actions. Now, how often do you give up before you even give yourself a fair go? I saw a huge difference in the way that the players performed from the first game to the fifth game. When I asked them what the difference was between those games, they said it was just down to their confidence because they started to back themselves. They started to focus on their own game. The tactics were exactly the same between the games. They didn't improve their skills or their fitness at that time. In fact, if anything, they were more fatigued by day five. The difference between coming back from 0-2 to draw the game 2-2 and losing a game 4-0 came down to their confidence, their state of mind and the emotions that they were feeling at that time. So here are just a few examples of things that can affect our confidence. Number one, it can be comparing ourselves to others. When we put others on a pedestal and put ourselves down in comparison because we are not where they are, we haven't achieved what they've achieved, a lot of players tend to focus on what others are good at and allow ourselves to be intimidated by that. And we're not focusing on ourselves and what we can bring. The next one is worrying what others think and say. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. But just because somebody says something, it doesn't mean that they are right. If your teammate makes a comment, your coach says something, that's just their perspective. For sure, be open, hear it. But sometimes we just try and assume what people are thinking without the facts to back it up. The most important opinion is what you think of yourself. So it's fine to take on board what people say, but you always have a choice as to what you want to believe and what you want to focus on. The next one is being scared to mess up. A lot of us don't want to look bad in front of others and we don't want to embarrass ourselves. So it's a lot easier to play it safe and not risk making mistakes. But this just reinforces that we don't trust ourselves. The next one is beating ourselves up for making mistakes. How we speak to ourselves after we make mistakes affects our confidence. Everyone makes mistakes and we have to accept that we will make mistakes too. After all, we learn more from mistakes than we do from getting things right. When things don't go well, we start to question ourselves. If we don't get selected, we get dropped, or we're not getting a lot of game time, we may start to ask ourselves questions like, am I good enough? Why is this happening to me? What if things don't work out? But setbacks can either demotivate you and affect your confidence, or it can be the fuel that lights up your fire and gives you the desire to improve and do things better next time. Your mindset is a choice. You can't control the external factors, but you can choose how to react to situations. There's two fundamental mindset shifts that I want you to consider. The first one is to take ownership for everything that you do. Stop blaming everyone else and everything else outside of your control. You are the one in control. You need to become the captain of your own ship. The second one is to stop seeking validation from others. It is short-term, and it can actually set you up for failure. Validation can come in the form of praise from others, compliments, and being told how great you are or what a good game you had. But the problem with this is that you're always going to need others to tell you how great you are. What happens if no one says something? Does that mean you're not a great player? Is that going to affect your confidence? You need to start telling yourself how good you can be and become your own cheerleader. Start building your confidence from the inside out. Next, I'm going to talk about five strategies that you can use to build your confidence. Number one is through preparation, by doing the work. When you prepare for the future, you use your own personal power. But when you worry about the future, you waste that. You waste so much energy on the thoughts and the what-ifs. What if it doesn't work out? That you're not taking the actions required to get there. Confidence is earned through your actions. So yes, you do need to plan and you do need to know what you need to focus on to be the most productive, but it's through your actions that are going to get you there. It's what you do when no one else is watching. That's what really counts. To be honest, there is always someone watching. Even when you're alone, your subconscious pays attention to your actions. Your actions speak louder than your words. So it's not about what you say, it's about what you do. For example, What do you do in the off-season to prepare for the season? How well do you train? Do you just go through the motions, or are you quite intentional with what you're doing? Do you moan about the drills that the coaches set up? Do you waste time, or do you make the most out of the time that you have on the pitch to improve yourself as a player? How do you prepare for a game mentally and physically? Do you pay attention to your nutrition to make sure you field your body up properly? Do you recover properly between your sessions, your workouts, to make sure that you've got maximum energy for the next session? Your mental preparation. Are you reflecting and learning from your mistakes? Number two is to be able to recognize your strengths and use them to your advantage. You are going to be selected for your strengths, not for your weaknesses. So the first step is to understand, know yourself, know what you're good at and what you can bring to the team. When you focus on others, it means that you're not focusing on yourself and your attention moves on to things that you cannot control which just causes doubt and uncertainty. Some players get confidence through their fitness while others might gain it from having good skills. Personally I'm not overly skillful as a hockey player but I always aim to do the basics really well. I try and keep my head up because it means I don't need to have those skills. I have good vision and I pride myself on being consistent and making good decisions in key moments. I can handle pressure well and stay composed. I'm not scared which means I score goals. This is what got me selected over players with more skill and natural talent than I had. There were players with better skills than me, maybe, for example, a better tomahawk, better 3D skills, but they didn't get selected for the 2012 Olympic squad when I did. So it's not just about skill. It's about knowing your strengths, knowing what you're good at, and maximizing that. The higher you go, the more it becomes about the mental game. You need to be able to recognize what you're good at and maximize that. The third strategy is self-talk. This is what you say to yourself. So consider when you mess up, what do you say to yourself? Would you say those same things to your teammates when they made a mistake? For example, would you call your teammate an idiot? Would you tell them that they're stupid? Maybe, but probably not. We are our own worst enemies, and the biggest obstacle to our confidence is ourselves. You are the problem, but that means that you are also the solution. Without recognizing how you speak to yourself, you cannot fix it. So you have to be honest with yourself and start to change the way you speak to yourself. The difficult thing about mindset is that we don't see it. It's very easy to blame things like our fitness and our skills when things don't go well, because that's what we see. But it's actually our state of mind that is directly affecting our skills and our energy levels. To get to the bottom of this, it requires taking a deeper look at ourselves and challenging some of the beliefs that are sitting underneath the surface. It's these things that we don't see that hold us back from performing to our true potential. You may not like what you find when you start to look at yourself, but if you start to address these gremlins that are lying underneath the carpet, your life will change for the good, not just in your hockey performance, but the rest of your life too. Imagine making mistakes and not beating yourself up or dwelling on it for ages. Role models is another way we can build confidence by seeing confidence modeled. You become who you surround yourself with, Someone once said that the top people you spend time with will influence you, whether you like it or not. If you're hanging around negative people, you're going to become negative. If you want to be more positive, you need to surround yourself with and learn from positive people. Confidence can be borrowed. This is an example of what makes our program and our community so special because we are all players striving to improve and reach a higher level, who are coachable. We have standards that we hold each other accountable to and we aim to keep raising the bar. This could be you watching top players to see what they're doing, how they act, and what confidence looks like. When I first started playing at Slough, I learned a lot from the Great Britain players, especially the former internationals who had a lot of experience. At training, when I was waiting for my in drills, I would often watch these players to see what they did to create space for themselves with good movement off the ball, and how they would win their 50-50s. Then, when it was my turn, I would try and do the same things. Instead of switching off or joking around while waiting in a queue or sitting on the bench, I would observe and try to learn as much as possible from those players around me. When I wasn't sure about something, I would ask. I was so eager to learn from the better and more experienced players. Once I plucked up the courage to do that, I started to improve so much quicker. You should never be the best in the team. Try to surround yourself with players that are better than you so that you can learn from them and keep striving to improve. When you're the best in the team, it's easy to drop the standard and become complacent. You can get away with less effort but when you're outside your comfort zone, you can learn from those around you. Your environment is important, so surrounding yourself with those that inspire you to improve is key. Finally, overcoming setbacks. Really, it comes down to what we learn from the difficult situations, because we learn the most from mistakes and setbacks. The first part is to realize that mistakes and setbacks are part of the journey. We shouldn't try to avoid them, but rather use them as stepping stones to learn and grow. I don't know any players that haven't reached a high level without having setbacks along the way. The setbacks are there to test you, to see how much you want it and how willing you are to keep going even when things get tough. It's not about what happens to you, but how you react to the situation. This is your choice, and it's something that you can control. For example, if you've missed out on selection, you've been dropped, you're not getting a lot of game time, what does this tell you? It means you haven't shown enough this time. Now, you can either wallow in your own misery and be a victim, blaming coaches, selectors, politics, and point fingers at others. Or you can look at yourself and see where there's an opportunity to be better. Consider if you did everything that you could to perform well. Were you as prepared as you could be? Did you truly perform your best? Remember, your past does not equal your future. A setback doesn't mean you won't be successful next time. It's just an indicator of your current situation. You have to be accountable for your own performance. And how you respond to setbacks can either make you or break you. Do you dwell on what happened or do you focus on what the setback teaches you? Look for the lessons and what you can do better next time. These are the gifts, the silver linings that will help you to reach a higher level. They will give you a different perspective if you choose to look for the lessons. We build confidence by overcoming challenging times. You start to realize that you are resilient and that you can handle whatever is thrown at you. The more setbacks you overcome, the more confident you'll become. Think about the last setback that you had. How have you grown or improved since then? How have mistakes and setbacks helped you in the past? Use these to remind you that you can overcome any obstacles if you choose to. We've spoken about five different strategies. Your action step from this is to ask yourself... What is the one thing you can do to improve your confidence? If you enjoyed this episode, then check out our free five-day kickstart, where I'll take you through our four-pillar system to show you where you have potential and what is stopping you from performing your best and getting selected for the next level. Simply click on the link in the description or download our free mobile app to get access to the five-day kickstart. This is the Confident Hockey Player podcast. Join us again for the next episode.